This is the Rogan and Rodney podcast. Heard weekdays at noon on AM 570 LA Sports. Stream the show on the iHeartRadio app by searching AM 570 LA Sports or podcast the show on the iHeartRadio app by searching Rogan and Rodney. AM 570 KLAC, 987 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. An L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Pete. Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. Here we go, Fred Rogan, Jonas Knoxon for Rodney on AM570 LA Sports. Three hours today, it is the Friday show, where anything goes. So if at any point in time you have something to say, if you'd like to weigh in, something you need to get off your, your chest, you want to vent your spleen, just call. If we find it worthy, we'll put you on the air. If not, thanks for being a part of the show. That's how we do it on Friday. Venture spleen? Yes, venture spleen. Don't be afraid. Okay. This is the day we got to step up. Got to step up at any point. It's all good today, Jonas. You know, most people say, you know, get it off your chest, but you're going the internal organ route. That's an interesting approach. I've never heard it before, Fred. But, you know, listen, you can coin that phrase and nobody's going to hijack that from you. So that's good. We are the Venture Spleen Show of Record. Always have been. (laughs) Always will be. That is good. All right. I want to make sure. Very good. All right. We'll get to the Clippers in a second. But, uh, my God, this is not good for the Dodgers. (laughs) I have to be honest with you. I mean, losing three in a row in San Diego, okay, we'll give you that. We'll give you that. Trevor Bauer calls everybody out after the last game, says we got our ass beat. We're, we're not aggressive. We have no energy. We're going through the motions. They get back home. They open against the Cubs, and then they're no hit. Yeah. So if there was a problem in San Diego, there's a real problem now. Okay, what is worse, getting no hit by one pitcher yeah. or getting a combined no-hitter when four different guys do it? Because I was thinking about this, I and there's a lot of people that look at the combined no-hitter and they go, oh, well, it's not as impressive as one guy going all the way. Well, from the pitching standpoint, maybe not. But from the hitter standpoint, I think it's actually worse because it's not just one guy had a great game and he was on his stuff and you just couldn't figure him out and he went the distance. It was multiple guys who were were getting your guys out uh, without getting on base or without getting a hit in in this case, rather, and you had no answer for it. So I actually think the combined no-hitter is more insulting to the batter than the actual just one one pitcher, old-school fashion, throwing all the way nine innings and not not allowing a hit the whole time. Yeah, what are the odds? What are the odds multiple guys have the best game of the year? What What are the odds? That every one of them has their best game of the year. Hey, by the way, I call shenanigans on what the Cubs are trying to say. You hear the crap they were rolling out after the game? No. So after the game, um, all the relievers, Chafin, uh, Tapera, I, I can't even pronounce I don't know why I can't pronounce his name right. Tapera, Tapera. I can pronounce Giannis Antetokounmpo correctly. Yeah. Uh, I, I can pronounce Khabib Nurmagomedov correctly. Sure. For whatever reason, the Cubs pitcher that was one-fourth of the combined no-hitter last night, I can't figure out. And you know what? Fred, you know what I like to always say in cases like this? What what is that? Who cares? Exactly. Right, point being, yeah. That after the game, all those guys, including Craig Kimbrell, afterwards said they had no idea there was a no hitter until they had gotten off the mound. 
Nobody knew. So when they went, when Craig Kimbrell uh, got the final out on that knuckle curve, which knuckle, I, I don't even know how he throws it, but it's, it's, and what an unbelievable pitch. But he gets that final out on the knuckle curve. A lot of that sticky stuff. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not here to make accusations. It's a Friday, but apparently you want to send people into the weekend feeling uh, guilty about themselves. But point being, uh, Craig Kimbrell said afterwards, I had no idea what was happening. I just assumed we allowed a hit because there were so many walks. He's all, I didn't look, I didn't look up to see anybody allowed a hit. And all of a sudden guys started jumping on me and started, you know, uh, whispering to me and saying, you have no idea what just happened. And he said, then, it, then I figured it out. And all the relievers said afterwards, we had no clue. How is that possible? Like, I, I have, you know, let me tell you something. I'm able to tell pretty early on whether or not you, you and I are having a good show together, Fred. Okay. Right? Like, I'm able to tell right now, you and I so far, not great. All right, you know, we've already allowed a hit in this show. I mean, it's, it's just it's the way it is. You don't have your A game all the time. But how are these guys as professionals who need to know time, uh, place, uh, situation, uh, what has happened, who's biting on what? Nobody at any point, nobody, uh, uh, you know, over in Dodger Stadium next to the bullpen is shouting stuff, trying to get them off their game. Don't blow this. No, no, don't. I just I find it I think it's I think it's a bit much, Fred. I think they're lying. To okay. Be honest with well, you. let me respond to that first. Uh, understand they're sitting in the bullpen, right? So they to see the scoreboard, they would have to crane their head up backwards. So I don't think they can see the scoreboard. Oh, for Christ, B, Fred! It's not Ebbets Field. Come well, on, man. What are we talking about? B, they're here? probably not paying attention. They're talking about things other than baseball until that call comes in. C, I don't think anybody yelled over and leaned because they're probably not listening to the crowd. They don't have rabbit ears. Is it possible, when I give you that explanation, that they did not know it was a no-hitter? Um, uh, no, no, that's not possible. And yeah, you're right. Why. I mean, right. I just tried to yeah, make something uh, uh, listen, up. I get it, and that's, and that's what we do better than anybody else. You, sure. and, I are, you and I are like defense attorneys for ridiculous uh, uh, reasoning uh, from professional athletes in sports. The whole, I, I, You know what I love, too? It's like, especially at Dodger Stadium, man, they're not paying attention to the crowd. All right, because when Milton Bradley had his meltdown, it was because he couldn't find his cell phone at the time. You're right. No, no, it was nobody saying anything when Milton Bradley had a meltdown in the crowd. It had nothing to do with anybody saying anything to him out in the uh, out in the outfield there. I just, I don't know how that's possible, but they are take they are saying this, and all of them to a man are saying we had no idea that we were in the midst of a no-hitter. And based on some of the at-bats by the Dodgers, uh, I would venture to guess they had no idea they were being no-hit either, Fred. Uh, some very, uh, it, did not, it did not look good at all for the L.A. Dodgers last night. And it was not. You would figure when they get away from San Diego, they come back home and they'll get right against a team that's been a little bit shaky as of late, and absolutely not. That was a brutal look for the Dodgers. Yeah, it really was. Eight walks. I mean, they had guys on base. Why couldn't somebody just get hit with a pitch and try to move somebody around? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, uh, I, I know when you know when I'm struggling, uh, the, the, what I want to have happen is to make sure that I stand in front of a 95 mile an hour fastball. So, no, I mean, listen, maybe they, knock some sense into them. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why you're the human cactus, and other people aren't. Uh, yeah, exactly. You, you'll wear it like that, just like you, uh, you know, played little league yesterday, um, and we're trying to catch a uh, an out ball in the outfield with a couple of paper plates. Junior year uh, in high school. Yeah, and you broke your nose. Yeah, uh, and you, and your nose was going the other way, uh, and your mom. For Freaked out in the parking lot, and sure. again, but it, but not everybody's as violent as Fred Rogan. I do need to take responsibility. Or as manly. That's true. No, that is true. I mean, as 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 evident by the shoes you wore yesterday, I do need to take responsibility. <laughs> yes, you for, should uh, for what happened last night. Yes, so, go ahead. I'm not going to take full responsibility. I'll take partial responsibility. All what right? What uh, is the reason? Okay, 
So the last time the Dodgers were no hit, okay, it was Jake Arrieta of the Cubs back yeah. in 2015. Right. It was a Sunday night baseball game. Um, my brother, diehard Cubs fan, mm-hmm. was at that game. Okay. Yeah. My brother, diehard Cubs fan, was at last night's game. Okay. I feel like I'm partially responsible because there's been a thread there, Fred, and in the words of the great Don Martin, you find the thread throughout the entire show. The thread throughout the entire Dodger can't get a hit against the Cubs show over the last six years is the fact that my brother's been at both games. Okay. In the last six years, has your brother been to any other Dodger Cub game? All right. I want to answer that, but I want to ask you this first. Sure. All right. Do you want me to give you the real answer? Or do you want me to give you the answer that's not going to poke holes into my theory? Uh, okay, so we know the answer that will not poke holes into your theory. So give us the real answer. Uh, no, he's never been to a single game since. In fact, he just woke up in a coma like Steven Seagal in that movie, and uh, he showed up at a baseball game, and they were no hit again. I don't even know what happened in the last six years. And last night, you were the one that bought him those tickets. No, that is not true. No, that that is not true. I'm not going to take claim to that. Uh, absolutely not. Um, you know, I mean, listen, did, did, did I maybe reach out to Dave Weiss about getting tickets? Uh, possibly. And usually the conversations with Dave Weiss go a little bit something like this. Okay. Um, Dave, what's happening, man? Not much. What's going on? Ain't nothing. Hey, I just was wondering, can you get me a couple of tickets? Hello? Yeah. Hello? Mm-hmm. And then uh, you never hear from him again, and then he shows up and looks at you with, like, you got three eyes because he has no idea what you're talking about. You exactly. know, like, yeah, but but again, um, I'm not here to complain about the fact that I wasn't at the game. I had to get up very early to do OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. So you I gotta just be a- did complain. Yeah, well, I got to be up at midnight, so I'm not going to go to Dodger Stadium and then rush back. I needed to get a two-hour nap. I need to get a workout in. I need to be ready for the full day of shows that we had planned uh, coming up here. And uh, But I do want to apologize because I feel like I'm partially responsible with my brother being at both those no-hitters. Well, you absolutely had nothing to do with it. I Thank can't you. believe you would accept any responsibility. It was your brother that went to the first one. Uh, despite the fact that you lied, he's been at other games. Yeah. He himself went last night. You did not provide the tickets. You assume no responsibility for this. Yeah, I mean, but but again, it was a unique angle to what we're trying to break down because nobody can figure out what the hell's going on with the Dodgers. Fred. That's fair. What the hell's I, going on, Fred? And, and you know something? I mean, I, I've got my panic meter. Green, orange, and red. I think I'm moving into orange. I mean, this this really is not good. And the problem here, Jonas, is they don't look good. That's a bigger problem. Okay, they got no hit. And down in San Diego, according to Trevor Bauer, they were just flat. They don't look good. You Here's, got the hitting will come. But there's there's a little oomph that's missing at this point. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, I, I would assume that, you know, Trevor Bauer would stand up and since he is the voice of the team, I would assume that Trevor Bauer would stand, stand up and say something, you know. I mean, he's the voice of the team. <laughs> like, I would assume, you know, especially after last night, he would stand up since he just got there and speak for the rest of the team as to what's happening. Um, it also, when you see Jock Peterson by come the way, back. To, wait, by the way. Yeah. That didn't work. Trevor Bauer standing up and speaking to everybody actually made it worse. Oh, of course it didn't work, but it drove more eyeballs to his YouTube channel. I mean, come on, Fred. <laughs> There's priorities in this whole thing. I mean, come on now. Like, this is the... It, it's like, back in the day, you know, there was these bumper stickers that went around that said, I hate Limp Biscuit," and then you looked at the fine print, and it was created by Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Like, like, there, there, there's, there's an art to all this. It's like the Brian Bosworth t-shirts back in the day, I hate the Boz. Bosworth was the guy who created all those. Like, this, there is, this is all about... It's 
it's nice to win. It's nice to, nice to sell a bunch of records. But if you can continue to funnel the conversation back to you, Trevor Bauer is an expert at that when he's not playing with drones in Cleveland and missing playoff starts afterwards, then, uh, then that's fine. I, I think that's completely fine. All right, and we are off. Ned Coletti will join us next. Perhaps he'll have some insight into what happened. Yes, we will get into the Clippers last night. I'm not an I told you so guy. I'm not I'm not that guy, Jonas. Yeah, no. No, I'm not, but I told you so. <laughs> uh, I'll point something out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were right. Logan and Rodney. Rodney Peace. An athlete. Rodney Peace. A father. Rodney Peace. An L.A. icon. Rodney Peace. And this guy. Red Rogan. <laughs> AM 570 LA Sports. Red Rogan and Jonas Snackson today for Rodney again. Bottom of the hour, Jonas. We'll do it in about 9, 10 minutes. How about a little Who Dis? Friday edition of Who Dis? Brett, I've started to really pick up my game. Have you noticed uh, since we've been playing these little games later in the week, I've really started to find my stride? Not really. I've not really noticed awesome. that. Awesome. That's good, Fred. Thank you. I appreciate the support as always. Thank yeah. you. But but you'll save a bunch of cows who break into people's backyards. Okay, nice. Good. Good to know where your heart's at. That, that doesn't mean I, I don't care about you, Jonas. I just hadn't noticed that your game had picked up. All right. Well, thank you for noticing. I appreciate it, Fred. You're a good, you're a good person all the way around. That comes in about nine minutes. Now let's welcome on the man that sat in the big chair, Ned Coletti. And Ned, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Ned, I want to hold it up there, Fred. I'm all right. Here's my first <laughs> okay, question. Here's, here's my first question. What the hell is going on, Ned? <laughs> uh, you know, these are, <laughs> these are the times that happen during a baseball season. It's been rugged, last four games particularly. You know, I, I think sometimes the competition can lull the Dodgers to sleep. You got Arizona that won probably as many games in two months as the Dodgers win in a week. Then you got some tough pitching in San Diego, another one last night. Davies, little anxiety, I thought, from L.A. LA hitters last night. Davies isn't going to throw a pass. He's going to finesse you and throw a lot of a lot of pitches soft on the, the outer half of the plate. But they've only got seven runs in the last four games, and they've allowed nine homers in the last four games. So a little bit of a tough stretch right here. Uh, Ned, I was watching you on the uh, TV broadcast last night, and they went to you. I think it might have been after the sixth or the seventh inning, and they, it was one of those quick hits, like as you go back yeah. to the game, and you you could not hide your frustration. <laughs> it was it was obvious that you were frustrated. So I got to ask you, you being you know a guy who's been uh, on uh, you know running the show with teams that have had you know great seasons and a lot of success, and then had some slumps as well along the way. Was last night a one glass? two glasses of wine or a full bottle of wine afterwards moment? <laughs> I don't know. I may have started in the eighth inning last night. <laughs> you know, but, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, you know what? It's, it's, it's the beauty of the sport, you know, and it's, it's so rugged. It is so hard to win, and that's why you take eight, eight division championships, three World Series appearances, one World Series. None of it you could ever take for granted. It's so difficult to do it, and you see why. You know, teams play good. The Cubs have gotten better. San Diego's obviously gotten a lot better in the last two or three years. And you got the Dodgers. There's some teams, the Dodgers, the Yankees, people like that, that whenever you know, they're good 95% of the time, and when they are, everybody, everybody looks at them, and everybody tries to emulate them and be as good as they can. You know, it's um, the one-run losses this year have, have kind of a uh, little concerned about that, a little concerned about not being able to beat teams that are over 500. Um, I think that's obviously it gets October, and they don't have an October like last season where half the, half the league is involved. Uh, those are the teams you're going to be playing. But 
again, you know, we've we've been saying this for a while. This it's a baseball season, not a baseball week or a baseball month or a baseball half. I don't think the Giants can play any better than they played, and I think the Dodgers, when they get Seager back and they get Bellinger a little bit more fine tuned and and Max a little bit more fine tuned, and Mookie as well. I think there's nobody that is as good as they are, and I, I'll continue to say that until I feel otherwise. But they have yet to play to their utmost. The Giants have played to their utmost. Are playing to their utmost. In San Diego, probably probably close to where the Giants are at as far as getting as much as they can out of what they've got. The Dodgers aren't there yet. They have they've been injured a lot, and you got a lineup that grinds it out. But when you take pieces out of it. It changes the dynamic. The dominoes fall differently, and you got to get your guys back. Uh, Ned, uh, Trevor Bauer said the other night, basically they're not playing with any intensity. I mean, they're, they're, they just seem to be flat. He made that statement to the team after they lost in San Diego. Okay, they come out the next night, and they're no hit. Does there seem to be a lack of oomph on the team? Well, I think it comes and goes for a, a lot of times. I mean, it's so hard to play the 162 games like at a fever pitch every day. It's it just, it's just not. It, nobody does that. No team has ever been able to do that. And I think that whenever you, whenever you get an opposition that can pitch against you, you look the way Trevor Bauer described. You look lethargic. You look like you need more intensity. That's that's what teams that can pitch do to other teams. That's what we've seen uh, from from the Dodgers' viewpoint of of the competition for for years now. And it's just it's it's how you look when you struggle offensively. And there's there's no doubt about that. And it's it's just you know sometimes it's the other team too. I mean you know Darvish pitched pretty good. Everybody that we've seen the last four games have pitched pretty good. Kimbrel last night was about as good as anybody you're going to see pitching the ninth inning. So some of that makes you look like you know, like you're sleepwalking, or like you're, you you need to turn it up a notch or two. That's that's part of the deal. But again, you know, this we have yet to see this team, except for very early in the season, have its full allotment of players. And you may not have, and most teams, you know, you, you don't get everybody at the same time. But yeah, they should be better than this, and they are better than this, and they will be better than this. One thing about the early part of the season, if you remember, and we've lost a little bit of it right now, is the grinding of the at-bats early in games. Their first innings early in the season, 25 pitches, 22 pitches, 30 pitches, and that was Mookie and Seager. You haven't had Mookie and Seager like you had them a year ago practically the entire season, and you're 70-some games in. That, that's, that takes its toll when those two guys are not healthy or not not active as, as they haven't been, as, as Corey hasn't been. Ned, from the front office side, because obviously you know how this works. People are going to go. We got to add this. We got to add a bat. You got to get a reliever. You got to add one of those. I I just wonder, and I've I've always been curious about this. When you start to have success as a front office member, do you find it more difficult to do business with teams around the league, just because maybe? They're kind of sick of seeing you having success. Like, why? Why do I want to help him out? Like, if you found, you know, maybe in your time, you know, with the Dodgers, that a team wouldn't go for a deal with you, but they accepted maybe a lesser offer with somebody else just because they didn't want to see you continue to win a bunch of games. Well, I don't. I don't think they re- really do that. I think they expect you to pay the highest price. Gotcha. And I, I think if you're willing to pay a, a touch of a higher price, ten percent more, whatever. Yeah, you'll you'll get the player. They're not gonna they're not gonna make it even for you. I think um, what what teams have have 
stopped doing for a while, but perhaps this year we'll come back to it, is those teams that have been affected, and the whole league has been affected by the pandemic, revenue-wise. So owners are usually involved in far more than just a baseball team. Teams that have got some type of financial weight on them right now, but beyond the norm because of this, you know, they'll be making a deal as soon as they can make a deal because they need to get the payroll back or they need to, to help the finances of it if they don't think they're going to win. So you still have that opportunity, too. But you know, it's not like going shopping at the big warehouse. You can't just walk down aisle six and go pick out whatever you need, whoever you need to get you through the rest of the way. You know, it's, it's not that kind of deal. Annette, okay. So now, if you're Dave Roberts, what do you do? What do you do? Things are, are not good. And when he shows up at the clubhouse, what does he do tonight? Well, he makes sure that the presentation is on. And that's, that's you got control of. How you think, how you sacrifice, how you play, how you, how you go through your preparation. You have control over that. You don't have control over the umpires or you don't have control over the opposition or who's pitching or, or all those different things, you know, the, the infield dirty. I mean, you have no control over 95% of it. But you do have control over how you prepare, how you think, how you execute, and, and how you go about your business. And I think that's, that's probably what he's concentrating on, is making sure guys stay fine-tuned to what they need to do. All right. Well, Ned, thanks for coming on as always. We appreciate the insight, and we'll talk next week. All right. It'll be better. It's got to be. <laughs> got to be. All right, Ned, take it easy. Uh, okay, now it's time for Who Dis. Who's ready? The Friday edition of Who Dis. Jonas claims that he's... Really stepped up his game this found week. Found my stride, Fred. I'm like when Forrest Gump broke out of those shackles and was getting away from the bullies. I found my stride. Never okay. looking back. Who wants to take him down a peg? 866-987-2570. First caller. You call. Kevin will pick you up. Oh, my God. And you're going to play Adam and Jonas today. Yes. Oh, this ought to be good. Rogan and Rodney Roulette. Who is this guy? This is who I am. Who is this guy? Who this? Hey, keep listening for your chance to win a $250 gift card and live your best life with a free spa day at Burke Williams. Experience exclusivity with a 50-minute vitality massage, the first ever massage with B12. Visit burkewilliams.com slash vitality for details. Uh, we still have to get to the Clippers. And we'll do that coming up here in a minute, Jonas. All right? Yeah, you got you got to pat yourself on the back, right? You got to. Is this what this is? Turning into one of those sports talk radio hosts, huh? I got it right. Yeah. What about the other fifteen things you got wrong this week? I think I've been pretty spot on this week. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I, I'm not sitting up here. I'm taking responsibility for a no hitter last night. But you had no effect on or responsibility to yeah, take. Yeah, but you know what? I may not have had anything to do with the train passing by, but if I throw myself in front of it to save you, I, I deserve a little bit of credit for that. And I think you should give me some credit because I'm throwing myself in front of this Dodger no-hit train that has taken place over the last six years against the Cubs, and I feel like you're dismissing that like I'm not doing anything at all. Well, you're, you're taking the rap for your brother, who actually had nothing to do with it either. Well, he was just... Up- he was a both, Fred. I mean, there's there's a common thread there. He was a both. You know, like if you see Oswald in one place in New in New, in New Orleans, and then you see him, you know, six months later at the, in in Dallas at a movie theater. I don't know, Fred. Feels like he's got something to do with things there. All right, Patrick and Downey, are you there? Absolutely. How's everybody doing today? Well, thanks for asking, Patrick. We're just fine. How are you on this Friday? 
I'm doing great. It's my uh, little brother-in-law's uh, birthday today. We're headed out to the Dodger game, so hopefully they can shake this losing streak for his birthday. Yeah, we'll right. bring some bats with you, will you? Oh, jeez. Uh... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm good for a bunch down the third base line. Okay. Here's here's who dis, and in who dis, you yell it out when you know it, okay? Yep. All right. Adam is playing for Ronnie today. Adam, you ready? Fred, let's go. Okay. Stiff competition today. Not only are you playing Patrick, you're playing Adam. Jonas. I mean, Adam and I are on the same page there. Yeah, no sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen. <laughs> Fred, Fred, we don't need uh, like we don't need your your attitude. All right? We're just trying to we're trying to win a game together. We're on the same page. We're representing all the Clipper Nation because I don't know if you know this or not, Fred. It's hip to be Clip. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, what are you laughing at? Go go out, go have fun it's at hip uh, to be Clip. Yeah, yeah. Go have fun at that, that birthday party there. All right. I, I hope they run out of Dodger dogs by the time you get there. How's that? Is that nice? <laughs> What are, you, what are you getting on Patrick for? Well, what this do? is competition, Fred. I'm, I'm, we're trying to win a game here, and I'm getting laughed at. All right, little trash. <laughs> Good luck to all, and here we go. I was the third overall pick in the 2011 MLB draft. Bryce Harper. No good! Hmm. Who is this guy? I starred at Hart High in UCLA before heading to the big leagues. Kyle Bauer. It is Trevor Bauer. Patrick got it. Jonas, what did you say? I was trying. I was trying to say Trevor Bauer. Oh, what did you say? He said drones. Uh, I that counts. Um, <laughs> I may have said Kyle Bowler. Kyle Bowler. <laughs> no. Hey, Trevor Reed. Hey, Fred. Am I wrong? Kyle Bowler played at Hard High, didn't he? Yeah, I believe he did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I remember playing against Kyle Bowler. Okay, but no, Patrick, you got that one. Good start. Thank you. Here's Tara, your next one. Tara Reed. Tara, <laughs> Tara Reed. <laughs> Tara Reid, boy. She went through some tough times. Hey, Fred, put the cigarette down. Okay, we're trying to do a radio show. <laughs> Tara Reid put the cigarettes down. My God. <laughs> wow. You know, I was actually sad. When she, you saw her face? What are you saying? No, I'm saying, you know, when she was young and then, you know what happened. I mean, oh, God. The milk's gone bad? I mean, she she did not take care of herself. I will just say that. Yeah. She went through some tough times. Yeah, not not everybody can uh, grow a goatee and just add a completely new wrinkle onto their style, Fred. Like you, Fred I mean, thinks he's George Clooney over here. It's it's you know what it is you know what Fred is. It's like pizza was already good, and then somebody's like, "Hey, what if we throw pepperonis on?" It's like Fred, like you got to rub it in everybody's face that you continue to get better looking with age. Okay, are you still <laughs> suffering from glaucoma? <laughs> what the hell does that mean? I don't know. I was the twenty-first overall pick in the two thousand and six NBA draft. Dwight Howard. No, Senor! CP3. No good! I am a four-time All-Star. Marta Rosen. Paul George. And it is no good. Fred, I have a question for you. Yes. Is this all an L.A.-themed athlete, or can we? are we going outside the uh, parameters here? Uh, this is an L.A.-themed athlete. Okay. So 2006, 21st pick, four-time All-Star. Oh, I got it. Are you going to let me, like, win this game, Fred? Or are you going to... Con- Brian, Brian Madsen. No, senor! All right. I have won two NBA titles in my career. JaVale McGee. It is no good. That's a good guess. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. How about new? Who is this? Trevor Ariza. No good! Run I- our test. No, senor! I played. 
with the Lakers last season, currently playing with the Clippers. Rajon Rondo. Boom. Damn Adam. it. Damn it. Was it 06? Damn. Yeah, 06, 07 is rookie year. Okay. Kevin getting tricky. One apiece. By the way, I saw that Celtics team play the Clippers that year. Yeah. They had Sebastian Telfair and Wally Zerbiak. They were awful. They were the diaper fire of the league. Uh, like, before Doc Rivers got all those superstars, that team was a full-fledged, five-alarm diaper fire, Fred. I remember seeing him. Oh, he was about to get fired then? Yes. Zerbiak? Why you on him? No, I'm not saying... I mean, listen, he's fine. I mean, he just, you know, he's... I mean, yeah, he's got big eyebrows. Because he's but... good-looking, damn it. Yeah, well, what's your problem, Fred? I don't have one. You, you brought it up? No, I'm just saying that team was pretty bad, man. Like, it, it was pretty... They were trying to trade Paul Pierce at one point. They were pretty bad. So the Doc Rivers narrative, you know, a little bit skewed because of that one title. Okay, I was the NFL's comeback player of the year in 2011. Adrian Peterson. No good! Peyton Manning. No, senor! I hold the NFL record for most fourth quarter comebacks in a single season with eight. Tim Tebow. Tony Romo. How about new? Who is this guy? Matt Stafford. Boom, Adam. Oh, come on. There you go. <laughs> Wait, Stafford? Stafford was comeback player of the year in 2011? When was he drafted? Stad Padford. Oh, come on, Fred. That's what I've been saying. I've been watching him for years. It's why I say he's Stat Padford. Came out of reach. Stop it. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, he was drafted, I'm just checking, in uh, 1984. I was going to say, like, like, don't you have to be in the league a certain amount of time to win comeback player of the year? That was a yeah. good draft. Yeah, strong draft, as a matter of fact. <laughs> All right, next one. I was the fourth overall pick in the 2005 NBA draft. CP3. Boom, Adam. This is such cheating. All right. <laughs> hey, can you, can you, why are you cheating? Uh, why, don't, why don't you cover up your answers, Fred? So, I mean, what is this? Are you going to play that game again? No, I just feel like it, like it's casino, and now we're going to have to drag Adam outside and beat his hand with a hammer because he's you're like buzzing him. Drop me in a knows, ditch. Yeah, now, now he knows what all the answers are. I am not buzzing him. He is just doing it on his own. This isn't Astro style. But you, Patrick, you have a chance here. If you get the next two, you'll tie Adam. What about me, Fred? Let's go. You can't win no matter what. Thank you, Fred. Yeah. But you can be Patrick. Okay. So good luck to you. All right. I won national titles as, as an assistant coach at USC in Alabama. Steve Sarkeesian. And it is no good. Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin, Adam. Hold on a second. Jonas, you get partial credit, just like with Jake Arietta there. You led me to it. Okay. I can't believe you didn't say Lane Kiffin after you said Sarkeesian and you were wrong. Well, I just, you oh, know, because, you know, because when I think of Steve Sarkeesian, just yeah. him showing up at that rally bombed. Yeah. You know, I just, I can't get that out of my mind. Seven drinks, Sark. You got to rock out, baby. By the way, do we have confirmation whether or not he, he they were smelling booze on his breath on the sideline against Washington? You remember that game? There was a game where they claimed that he was talking to an assistant and somebody smelled booze on his breath. And I don't know if we've ever gotten confirmation. Maybe Petros knows the answer. No, that was just his mouthwash. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Last one. I was the fifth overall pick in the 2003 NBA draft. Carmelo Anthony. Dwayne Wade. It's Chris Bosch. Darko Milicic. Adam, it's Dwayne Wade. You sure it wasn't Darko Milicic? We're sure it's Dwayne Wade. Darko was second. All right. 
Well, oh, my God. Hey, sorry for rounding down, Kevin. Well, you know. All right, so here's the bottom line. Adam, congratulations. A great victory for you today. I know. It's good to be back. Okay. Sorry, Patrick. Enjoy the balloon animals. No, wait a minute. There's no re- Hey, Patrick, <laughs> congratulations to you. You finished second today. Nice job. Yes, and uh, Jonas can enjoy the donut that he put up right now. Yeah. Hey, Patrick, why don't you tell, uh, you know, I would say something <laughs> yeah. insulting right now, but I'm not negative like you and Fred. Happy birthday to you and yours. I hope you guys have a great time at the ballpark tonight. Enjoy it. Have a good time. You deserve it. Uh, enjoy the night. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And Jonas, yeah, uh, I, I do enjoy listening to your nighttime radio show. So um, it's great to hear you during the day. You have been making me laugh all week. Thanks, a very man. funny guy, and uh, shout out to the little brother, Cesar Rodriguez, lifelong Dodger fan. All right, there it is. So, no, I appreciate it, man. That's good good stuff there. Fred, let me know when he's off the air. Hey, Patrick, thanks for listening to the show, okay? Thank you. All right. I, I hear you at night. I, I get it. Oh, I hear you at night. Uh, you know, it's like when somebody says, oh, you look different. Now, why don't you just tell me I gained weight? Like, you know, like I, that's insulting. I hear you at night. He paid you a compliment. Yeah, a dismissive compliment. It's going to the Rogan school of compliments, apparently. Well, I should be complimented for what I said earlier in the week. We'll get into that next. <laughs> and now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah! Afternoon hey. Delight. Today, today's afternoon delight. Baby, don't you go go. By CeeLo Green, the multi-platform selling singer and producer teamed up with Rare Essence on this track that was released over the weekend. Green said that this song is his way of paying homage to the legacy of go go music. Talking about the new single, he said, as George Clinton once famously said, "Here's a chance to dance your way out of your constriction." Baby, don't you go-go. Extends from the historical <laughs> lineage of the African-American songbook. From Little Richard on up and back to the future. It's tribal, primal, full of carnal pleasure, yet comedic and charismatic in the most charming way. Again, today's Afternoon Delight. Baby, don't you go-go. <laughs> By CeeLo Green. <laughs> Is, uh, is Kevin Figures around? Uh, Kevin Figures, are you there? Right here. All right. You know this? You know the uh, bit that Dave Chappelle did back in the day where he pretends to be the cop and he goes, sprinkle some crack on him? <laughs> yes. Every time I hear Fred uh, read The Afternoon Delight, for some reason, that's what I think of. I don't know why. I I, I, bet I, I do know why. I just can't say it on the air. Yeah, but every I, time I may I... have had that character in mind. <laughs> <laughs> when picking this week's songs for Fred to read, Afternoon Delight, by the way. Yeah, you know what what best- do you think it is, Johnson? <laughs> you, you know what the best part of it is? Since I'm doing Afternoon Delight, they seem to be getting longer and longer. <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> I, 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 think I'm, I'm, I think I'm really nailing it. I just I, wanted to hear you say, baby, don't you go-go multiple times. That's yeah, all. I know. I, I figured that. <laughs> oh, man. I figured that. Okay, so the Clippers... Had them right where they wanted them. Down 0-2. Now it's 2-1. Uh, good defensive effort last night. Let's be abundantly clear. Zubats played exceptionally well. Uh, good numbers. Played eight and tough. Um, I thought that uh, the loss of Cameron Payne, and whoever would think you'd say this, yeah. if Phoenix loses Cameron Payne, they're in big trouble. There's that. Devin Booker, 
I don't know if he's, you know, his nose was shattered in three places. So maybe it takes a little time for him to come back, but here's the key. Here's the key. And I told you so. I'm not an I told you so guy, but I told you so. When Chris Paul comes back, that's going to be an issue. And last night it was an issue. Uh, They play a different style. They're slower. They're more methodical. And he hasn't played in like 10 days. And he, he wasn't very effective. Booker wasn't great. Patrick Beverly did a really good job on him again. Uh, Chris Paul played like Chris Paul when he played for the Clippers. And uh, that's that. So the Clippers are alive, Jonas. Yeah. Can we talk about Devin Booker's mask? Yes. All right. It, I mean, it looks like a stretched out Ralph's bag. Like, what? what is that? What? Like, what's the idea behind that mask? Because that looked uncomfortable. Rip Hamilton made a career out of wearing a mask. All right. Uh, I, I think we're all experts at this point in time on wearing masks. That did not look comfortable. All right, that, whatever you called that, that did not look comfortable. So, yes, Pat Beverly, you want to give him all the credit in the world, but, I mean, it looked like uh, it it just did not look good uh, last night for Devin Booker. And I would imagine there's going to be an adjustment made because he looked awkward in that thing. Uh, And and who knows, maybe it'll impact him the rest of the series, so maybe I shouldn't have said anything so we can hope that he struggles with that the rest of the series. But, man, that was the most uncomfortable-looking face-protective mask I've ever seen an NBA player wear. Yeah. I mean, am I wrong, Fred? It looked it looked awkward. It did, and you know, I think because I had to wear one of those back in the day. I know when I injured myself. Well, I mean, when I took an elbow to the nose, yes, I had to wear one. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, they were like football helmets back then. Yeah, Uh, it it seemed like it was too flat against his face. Yes. It was sm- like if anything, I, they might have rebroken his nose last night. It was like the, it's like you know, like the part like in uh, in Vanilla Sky where Tom Cruise is in the bathroom looking at his smell, having himself, and this guy walks in and goes, "Dude, fix your effing face!" Like I was just waiting for somebody at Staples. By the way, Adam Auslan, if you can shout that from the heavens at Staples Center, "Dude, fix your effing face!" and get that chant going, I think Staples Center will outdo Madison Square Garden when it comes to chance this year in the postseason. A dude, fix. Your your effing face from Vanilla Sky to Devin Booker, I really think would melt a lot of people's hearts inside Staples Center, Fred. Yeah. Well, last night at Staples Center, uh, <laughs> Clipper fans had reason to smile, although it was interesting being there. And Adam, you were there, of course, doing the show. I didn't see you, though, Fred. Interesting. I was right below you. <laughs> uh-huh. And, you know, we and had a spot for you in yeah, the media there's, section. You didn't show up. There's, well, first, a, there's a joke there, by the way. I'll leave it alone. Uh, but first of all, Brian Seaman saw me, and when he realized oh, I was sitting with my son, he sat in my seat, and you knew that. Yeah, he did take your seat, but he knew you weren't showing up there anyways. Because he saw me, and I spent a half hour talking to the guy. He didn't say it was that long, Fred. Don't embellish. Come on. <laughs> it was like three minutes. He said it felt like a half an hour, but it was only like two hey, minutes. What was in the media room? Because Fred Fred was bloviating uh, about the, uh, you know, the, the food inside uh the, you know the arena wherever the suns play what do they call it the dan marley dome or whatever it's called what is it called talking Set, stick arena uh, sabalo stadium or something like that yeah kj's palace yeah what, what do they what do they call that fred what would you say talking stick yeah talking stick arena okay well ac green's virginity yeah. room yeah. whatever <laughs> what are we talking about fred but but the point being you were making a big to do about how great the food was in the media room so what did you have at site staples center last night and, what, and do they still charge was it like uh it was seven dollars seven dollars day right uh, so it's still the same price huh no, no well, I, I don't know i didn't go to the media room okay that's good well i mean that'll kill the rest of the bit 
Uh, but but again, <laughs> uh, I mean, I used to I used to go with popcorn, uh, but you can't you can't have popcorn if you got to do a live hit. Um, but I remember uh, you know the media room uh, stuff there. They always had beer too inside the inside the fridge in the media room at yeah. Staples Center. I never understood that. I mean, our guys. I mean, I mean, our guys really just you know bending the elbow in between court in between quarters there. I've not seen that. Yeah, I was gonna say like I I don't I can't picture Rob Fukazaki shotgunning beers before he goes out to cover the for the second half. No, I agree with you. I, I've never seen that. Yeah. No, I've not seen anybody just toss them back in the media room. So those beers are probably the same ones that have been there since, you know, 07 when I was going to Clipper games and, I, and trying to do field reporting. I think they brought them over from the forum. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. All right, very, very good. I, yeah, I, want, I wanted to make sure of that. Can I, can I throw – I don't know if now is the right time for it because this is going to sound like a terrible take and you're going to laugh at it. But Go ahead. All right. I'm not saying they're better without Kawhi Leonard. I'm not trying to say that. Okay. But maybe they're different in a good way. Okay. When when your leader is very quiet, is very sort of subdued, it almost feels like since he's not been in the lineup. Again, not that they're better, but there's a different life and energy that I don't recall seeing them have. Almost like you couldn't be too exuberant because the leader wasn't exuberant. So, you know, it's like when you're with your parents, you can't really freak out when you're out in public, even though you want to because, you know, mom and dad are right there. I just wonder if they feel almost this sense of, hey, we can do whatever the hell we want right now. Like, we can be excitable. Like Reggie Jackson pumping up the crowd, Paul George blowing kisses. I just don't know if a lot of that stuff would have existed if Kawhi Leonard were still on the floor. So I'm not saying they're better. From a talent standpoint, absolutely not. But it does feel like a different team energy-wise. And and I don't know if it's a coincidental or not that they've been able to play some of their best basketball in the postseason over the past couple of years since Kawhi Leonard has left. I don't buy that. Thank you. Not one bit. Yeah, yeah. What, it's what makes you a loyal partner, Fred. Yeah, I do not buy that and, even and I, in the most remote way. Yeah, and, and now you know why it doesn't matter if there's a tsunami. Rodney Pete can't wait to get to Magic Johnson's yacht twice a year. <laughs> now you know why. Now you know why. Now, now we have our answer. It could be a perfect storm. Guys, you shouldn't go out there. And Rodney's like, no, no, no. Trust me. I deal with a storm of its own kind in Burbank five days a week. Get me the hell out of Dodge. Adam, would you like to explain to Jonas why that made no sense? Uh, no, Fred, I think you're all over there just saying no, 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 God, no. Why in the hell would you say? Look, I, there is something to that, but they're just three and two so far without I, Kawhi Leonard I, I, I in this it. playoffs. I, I'm not, and again, I'm not saying they're better, but they do seem different. Like there's a different vibe to them. And and, and Kawhi Leonard's fan. I love Kawhi Leonard. I love, I love the fact that while everybody else is going, I need this, he goes, no, I'll take New Balance. Like, I love it. Like, I love all everything about Kawhi Leonard. I just, it feels like there's a different energy level with that team with him not on the floor. And I don't know if it's that he, not that he drags him down or that he's a downer. It just feels like those guys are just letting it fly at this point. I mean, I don't know. you could say there's some Ewing theory going on right now where when you don't have your best player, everybody has to raise their level of play. Fair. But from an exuberant standpoint, from just being passionate out there, I mean, games three and four against the Utah Jazz with Kawhi Leonard, they were also going crazy in front of Staples Center crowd. So I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting thought, Jonas. I'm going to I'm gonna use that on a pregame show tomorrow. Well, listen, listen I, I would, you, can, you can use it all you want. Uh, and, and, and just, you know, full disclosure here, um, it's not like I, you know, prepared it. It just came to mind in between the break, and I thought, you know what, I'll throw it out there. Why not? Yeah. Did you notice... Was Chris Paul's brother sitting in the front row, Adam? Cliff? No, I didn't see him. No, not that. <laughs> <laughs> Who were the Clippers John at? 
No, that was Logan Paul, his other brother. No, that's no, right. Yeah, Logan so Paul. Say, uh, I'm surprised you guys haven't done Paul, Paul, or Paul, a, a, a game show here on the air. You know, Logan Paul, Chris Paul, or uh, whatever. Throw in other. Rand Paul. We'll get yeah, the politics Jake in the mix. Paul, yeah, Rand sure. Paul. Let's go. I mean, come on. You can have some fun with that. Yeah, Kevin, draw that up for Monday. You got it. <laughs> Will you do that, please? Paul Moyer. I mean, come on, there's, a, there's a lot we could do with this. I don't know if we can play his quotes on the air is the problem with Moyer. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Okay. Paul Pierce with the strip club at his house. Oh, yeah. By the way, what a way to get fired, though, if you think about it. Like, if you're going to go down in flames, go down in flames like that, like Paul Pierce did. You know, that was a guy that didn't want a job. Uh, uh, I totally agree. Charles, look, Charles, can we also be fair about something here? Sure. T TNT's coverage of the NBA is so much better than ESPN's, it's not even close. I think you're right. It's not even close. And, and Charles Barkley's talked about this, where he's talked to people who cover the NBA for ESPN, and they run them through the car wash. you got to do 15 shows and this and this and this. And then you get over to TNT, and there's just a different vibe. It's relaxed. Uh, it's more enjoyable to watch. I just wonder if Paul Pierce was like, you know what, man? I don't want to be here anymore, so let me just go ahead and sabotage my career at ESPN and bring a bunch of strippers in and play Texas Hold'em uh, with uh, you know uh, uh, Chris Moneymaker's stunt double in the background and they try and pretend like I'm winning real money. You know what I mean? You remember Chris Moneymaker, Fred? What a slob that guy was.